Let's go! What's up, everybody? Welcome to the House of Mario, episode 14. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and joining me, as always, is Bryce DeWitt. Hello, hello. And for the first time on the show, we've got Eric Zuch. Yeah, you got it right. Yeah, Eric Zuch. Howdy, howdy, everyone. Yeah, from Nintendo by Numbers, how are you going? I am doing fantastic after the terrible day I explained to you earlier, but people don't need to hear about that right now. Um, for the, for those uh, who don't know who you are, what you do, uh, just give us a quick rundown on yourself. Uh, so as a quick rundown, I kind of just run a, technically it's mainly a podcast called Nintendo by Numbers, a little bit like you, yourself, um, but we do do a little bit of other stuff on the side, like run a website with reviews and stuff, but that always sits on the back burner, mainly to, to running the podcast every week. Yep. Yeah, it's um, quite, it's like, Bryce would probably agree with me, like it's quite impressive like what you've done with your website is really nicely presented yeah especially early in in the early days of it i checked it out i was like shit this is something that i want to have going for us yeah <laughs> no thank you very much that's it was took quite a bit of effort and quite a bit of learning because i had no background experience into how to do any of that type of stuff before this and then i kind of just I, it all came first with the podcast and then kind of evolved from there and, and eventually kind of got the website running and, and just kind of splashed into all these different areas that I just kind of wanted to be getting into for a while. And um, the podcast is still, yeah, like I keep saying, the main thing that I really get into and, and love doing every week. But at the same time, like just sitting down and writing a review, there's something satisfying about that. Mm, you're just getting your thoughts out on paper for people to uh, to read when they're if they're interested in the game? Yeah, exactly. Just... Your thoughts on paper, and I've, I've been delving into a little bit of video reviews as well, trying to, you know, get my charisma up a little bit, so to say. Yep. See, I wrote a few myself when we uh, were both uh, dabbing into the written side of things with Aussie Nintendo before they shut down, uh, which was held by Dave Rennie in Adelaide uh, for some time, held by somebody else in Sydney prior to that. Uh, and I think we've got about three reviews out before it ended and I love doing it too I absolutely love doing it mm. yeah it certainly is a labor of love it takes time and effort to really kind of get a get a good review together and write it all together but yeah like you said at the end of it the labor of love it's just what you put pen to paper it, every time you get someone that reads it and comments on it it kind of just makes you go oh I, it's a really good <laughs> it feeling it's worth it yeah absolutely yeah. 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 just that one comment was oh yeah this is cool like it, it makes it all worth it yeah. it really yep. does yeah yeah So, obviously, you're a big Nintendo fan. You run a Nintendo website and a Nintendo podcast. What were uh, some of the games that got you into gaming and, you know, eventually Nintendo games? Well, it's actually, I've kind of been almost, I'd say almost all my life, just mainly a Nintendo gamer. I have delved into other things, but mainly it's been Nintendo. And what really kind of got me into Nintendo um, was, surprisingly enough, I think a lot of people share the same thing with my dad. He... 
he actually picked up a NES back in the day when I was just a kid and, and he used to play the NES a lot and honestly I, I don't know why maybe it was just like technology was so new to us back then I was kind of scared to play it so I didn't I never <laughs> ever played the NES I just watched him play it and then um one day we got a SNES and it was just kind of like the new best thing out and so I had to try it he, he ended up he's playing it in front of me and, and he handed me the SNES controller and at the time it was Street Fighter so he handed me the SNES controller and said you know what Eric here you go play some Street Fighter with me let's give this a go and and I was only about four and a half five at this stage and he handed me the controller and I didn't realize but he handed me the controller upside down so <laughs> and I, I was none the wiser and I don't think he realized what he'd done either and so the for we sat down and we probably played a good hour of Street Fighter. I played with the controller upside down. I had no idea. And I'm sitting there just mashing the buttons, trying to learn what to do. And eventually, I actually learned to play with the controller upside down. That's how I knew how to play Street Fighter. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's <laughs> and impressive. So it, it was impressive. It didn't follow into other games after that. Of course, I eventually <laughs> learned to play with it the right way and how that worked. But yeah, so like for me, left was right, right was left. And that was just the way I learned how to play SNES. And um, it leads into actually another funny story where... I went into the mall one day, it was my mum, and this is still when I was playing with the controller upside down, and there was a bunch, they had the Street Fighter game out, out for everyone to kind of play on the demo kiosk, and so my mum walks up to one of the bigger kids that was playing the playing at the time, and um, you know he would have been probably been like 10 or 12 years old, and I'm only some five-year-old, and she goes, excuse me, my, my son would like to play Street Fighter with you, is that okay? And he, he, he looks down at me and kind of rolls his eyes and goes yeah yeah okay he can play a game you know you know I'll let, I'll let him play against me and of course I go up and I pick up the controller and I'm holding it upside down <laughs> and this kid he just thinks he's got me beat he's a five-year-old playing with a controller upside down you know what am I even doing here and I ended up beating him like surprisingly <laughs> enough long story short I ended up beating him and this kid would have been so embarrassed and I love telling that story just because and I wish I knew the kid I would like if it was these these age I would have got a selfie with him yeah, for sure. <laughs> did your dad just wail on you when you played with him or did he let you win a bit or were you uh, better than him honestly for street fighter I, I just don't remember enough but i have a feeling that he just kind of sat back and just let me wail on him i don't think he would have been doing much <laughs> <laughs> like if you go back to street fighter 2 now would you play with the controller upside down or you sort of just you know adjusted yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely adjusted. In fact, like yeah. I think you know, it was that game back then. I definitely played with it upside down. And but as soon as I started playing other games, I think my dad was kind of like, "All right, you got to play with the controller like the right way." It's just getting embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I could imagine like if you're still playing with all your controls upside down, you got like your Switch and your 3DS and stuff upside down. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. imagine trying to hold the like I've got the Joy Cons like up the wrong way and trying to hold everything. That'd be really, really difficult, especially because you have to have the screen up the wrong way these days as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that kind of leads me into that wasn't really what like led me into being a really main core gamer. What really kind of got me into into Nintendo games in the first place was um, Super Mario All Stars. Actually, Th- that game I think I just because uh, it was back in the day when you didn't really have many SNES games so it, was, it was at that stage it was Street Fighter or Super Mario All-Stars or you don't play anything um, and so for for a long time until we eventually started getting some more games I just played Super Mario All-Stars through and through every single game and, and those games are just I, I know them like the back of my hand these days because of it yeah it's like one of the most perfect collections of games it is just, yeah. like you could play that thing for hours like today even yeah, it's actually it's a bit of a shame that it's not coming to the SNES Mini. I, I know that we kind of technically uh-huh. got it out on the NES, but like for me, it's just kind of like that's the way I remember playing it. 
I don't know about you guys. Do you remember playing it on the SNES, or is your um, memories more built to I the NES? I certainly do. I certainly do. I dabbled in it, but I sort of played the originals more. I think, um, like the NES versions. My uh, my father's best friend, sort of thing. My father passed away quite a long time ago. I was very, I was very much a baby when he died. So okay. uh, my father's best friend actually owned one, and I would sit there and play with his kid for hours on hours on end, just playing All Stars. It was. Some of it's like some of the more cherished memories because that was what really, really solidified me in the beginning. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm actually I'm quite in a similar situation. I, my fa- I wasn't quite that young when my father died, but um, or, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. But um, I kind of grew up after that stage playing games with my friends. Like I, I don't know about you guys, but that's kind of you only owned a couple games back then. So like playing games you went to your friend's house to play a game you didn't you know to play something different you didn't necessarily have all the games yourself yep yeah for sure absolutely I remember all my friends had a PS2 and uh, I wanted a GameCube and basically the guy at the store said GameCubes are trash get a PS2 so my mum come back and said alright GameCubes aren't so good but do you want a PlayStation and I said no not really all my friends have one so I'll just go and play it around there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys own it like were you gamecube or ps2 back in those days i owned a gamecube i didn't i didn't own either <laughs> Unfortunately. oh drew what neither <laughs> mm. yeah um i i got mine near the end of their shelf life uh, oh, okay because i wasn't i was i wasn't particularly wealthy so it was kind of like asking for a game console was basically asking for a gold bar wrapped in <laughs> wrapped in definitely money. For oh, a, absolutely, yeah. For a birthday present. So I was like, okay, no problem. But then near the end of their shelf life, they were super cheap. I think you could get them for $99 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that that's about the time I picked mine up. But in, in between then and getting that GameCube, all I played was my 64. Mm. I was quite my... content. Oops, sorry. You go. No, no, you go, Juju. I was quite content when I was a kid, just with the handhelds. So I never really thought about getting a console that much until sort of the game like the late um days of the gamecube and uh my first console was actually a wii with uh, oh, okay wii yeah. sports and zelda mm-hmm. so it's quite I late was, i was definitely a, a, a portable gamer myself a lot as well um and i think i share this with you guys as i like kind of grew up a lot on pokemon that, that was mm. to me you know i think when I think of RPGs, you know, a lot of people don't really think of Pokemon, but that was kind of the, the game that introduced me to RPGs. That started off my kind of love affair with them, if you will. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Definitely for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too many hours invested in Pokemon now. What were your, what were your first Pokemon game? Uh, it was definitely blue. I didn't own red, I had blue. And it. Um, all I remember is getting having that and the Game Boy light I was so excited to get it for my birthday because at this stage all my friends had it and like of course the Game Boy didn't have backlighting so you had to get your Game Boy light and you'd just sit under the covers at night because you know you, it's bedtime you've got to go to bed no more games but little did they know that you had your had your GBA with uh, your, yeah, sorry your Game Boy with your your light sitting under the covers playing your games oh that like just thinking back to that that is so painful but it just doesn't have a backlight and you've got to <laughs> like you've got to like angle it like in the car and stuff to get the right light and oh. I know well, dude, this day, these days we complain about like you know something's battery not lasting long enough we had to like change the batteries out in there all the time you know there's a com- completely different story yeah like four of them what, were, what was in the original Game Boy is it four? yeah four of yeah, them I think it was four and yeah they'd yeah. last anywhere from two to four hours 
Yeah. So an hour per battery. <laughs> it was oh. ridiculous. And that was better than that, wasn't it? it was, no, it wasn't that great. Because Nintendo handhelds were always known for having good battery life until like the 3DS. Oh, I don't know. I remember <laughs> switching out mine a lot, but God knows. Who knows? I, th- I think I think it, I think it really came down to how much worn <laughs> your hardware was. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, that's generally how it was back in the day. Like, um, the closer you'd gotten to its expiry date, sort of thing, the more juice it would chug. Yeah, yeah. That's generally how it happened for me. Yeah, because I've I bought a um original Game Boy, and uh, only recently I bought a Game Boy uh, Pocket. Is that what I got? Yeah, <laughs> I've got, I've got the, the, the lighter version. Yeah, the pocket. And uh, I think that uses a few less batteries and has a bit better battery life, but I haven't actually tried it that much because I've got a um, copy of Pokemon, but the battery doesn't work, uh, so I can't yeah, actually okay. can't actually get into it. Rip. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I pretty much knew the battery wasn't going to work, but yeah, well, it's nice to have and shake around, I guess. It's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate with all those batteries dying for those games that are so damn timeless. Yeah, for sure. You know. Now we, I suppose now we can re-experience them on 3DS, but it's not quite the same. Mm. Well, maybe one day we'll get that um, GBA or Game Boy mm. Mini like or Classic Edition, whatever you want to call it. Oh, that would be so good. I would love that so much. <laughs> we can dream. <laughs> we can dream. Yeah, we, we actually discussed it on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we did. Bryce doesn't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think it'll happen, unfortunately. I'm... <laughs> Sorry, Drew, but I'm with Bryce here. I don't think I wish it would happen, but I don't think it will somehow. Yeah. Mm. I, I think I think because handhelds are too accessible nowadays and you know, they're trying to sell more 3DSs even though they're kind of coming to their day's end and all that stuff. I think they're kind of just like we'll just put them we'll just put them on 3DS. I mean, yeah. that, that's, that seems to be the way they're going. Yeah, exactly. I just feel like maybe it's Maybe it's because it's. It may not seem it, but it might be more of a niche market to hit the handheld market with um with these things rather than the kind of mass appeal that the SNES and NES and and the hat um the household name that they have kind of thing behind them. Yeah, it's a nostalgia thing to families that these things have brought, not the individual person. Yeah. Well, in saying that, though, I think the Game Boy brand is huge and does have that nostalgia. Just you know, it's um competing with you know phone emulators computer emulators yeah but that's it's a, for the individual person <laughs> yeah true yeah yeah it, it's not so much it's not so much you sit around uh, I, I said the same thing actually the other week it's it's not sitting around the tv with like a bunch of people and chucking around a controller and you know it, it when you when you put it in a handheld sense it's just like you play a pokemon rpg or something and you just like pass over when you die you probably never die <laughs> 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 Or you get two of them, and they can put um, still the link cables separately, and you can oh, no, <laughs> you can trade oh. and battle. Link cables, yeah, link cables. <laughs> now you're hitting me right in the nostalgia. That hurts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just going back to your podcast, Eric. Um, what made you want to start like podcasting? Honestly, like I just kind of listen to podcasts in and out for a long time, and I just I love podcasts and listening to podcasts, and then. I was kind of just sitting down one day and I was listening to it. And as I always do, like I constantly just want to chime in with my own thoughts and what do I want to say? And and I just want to say something, but I'm kind of like, well, I'm just listening. I'm not actually a part of this. And and so I kind of thought, well, you know what? I, I'm going to do it. I just want to go out there. I'm going to start my own podcast. And so that's kind of what I did. I just, 
I ra- tried first of all I tried to wrestle up some friends and and I got friends and at, who were into gaming and um you guys may remember this but I actually started off not as Nintendo by numbers but as Super New Games um and the purpose behind that name was because at the stage when we first started the podcast we were going to be about everything um, and that was simply because it's hard to find some friends or anyone who wants to podcast with you that's just about Nintendo. A lot of the time, you know, I know a lot of gamers who would just play all games. I mean, I play all games myself, and so that's kind of like, well, I'll I'll go and I'll broad out my reach from just Nintendo, and I'll do everything. And we honestly did that for probably about three or four episodes, and after three or four episodes, we kind of got to the point where we found that 90% of the time we were coming into the room and, and we are just talking about Nintendo because that's basically most of what I knew anyway. And and the it was hard to commit. We, at, the, at the start, we did have four people, all of us together, um, podcasting. And it was hard to get everyone in the room at once a week and, and everyone together to, to podcast. So at, the, at that stage, it kind of dropped off and it ended up just being me and my partner, Nat. We ended up just getting into a room. But we still stayed with the Super New Games name and and pretended that we'd talk about everything but just nintendo and and then after a while we'll just we'll kind of like well we just talk about nintendo let's just cut out everything else and just do nintendo and then at that stage the name didn't really stick because the name i mean it has part of the name in there like super was supposed to be a bit of a throwback to what we talk about all the way back to super nintendo all the way up to new games um but it still didn't suit who we were and so at this we ended up getting to about 30 episodes and going we kind of need do we just continue going where we are or do we rebrand it come back and kind of direct our focus into one area and that's why people know who we are and what we do and there's no confusion about it and so that's what we did we kind of shut down shop we closed everything off to do with super new games and and we rebranded ourselves to nintendo by numbers to really say who we are and and you probably you might be wondering where the nintendo by numbers kind of name comes from um and that's the idea behind that is when we decided to rebrand we decided that we'd start doing these reviews and other stuff as well and so we thought you know what let's do as as part of the articles have a bit of a number theme going on and and that's what we've kind of it's not always apparent in the podcast because the podcast is mainly there just as a podcast but in the website you'll notice a lot of number theming so with the articles we write we'll try to theme it around numbers so five things you need to know about something or five things you might have missed about this and 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 that way, it kind of gets it helps people's interest stay in high with what we're writing rather than just you know the same news that everyone else is writing because that's what we try to stick away from is just news and 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 more focus on stuff that's entertaining for people to read or you know helps them out. Yeah, for sure. I remember after the the rebrand, uh, like I went to your website and just like noticed everything's like like either a list or you know something along the nature of by numbers. I'm like, oh, that's a neat idea because you don't see that often Nintendo sites are just you know the news or you know review like it's it's all kind of similar so it's it's cool that you have like your own sort of yeah and that's kind of what we're going for is because we when we sat down and thought about it we thought you know what there's there's honestly there's plenty of other Nintendo news sites out there and like off the top of my hand I could name five right off the top of the bat just easily and and so I didn't want to just compete with them and, and honestly just be another one of them and 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 that's kind of why we've gone you know what let's not just be another one of them and and sure like some of the other ones do podcasts and some of the other ones do reviews but we still try to differentiate differentiate ourselves enough away from them that we feel different and and feel like we can add to what people are 
a viewing for Nintendo content and not just be another echo in the chamber. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Point out at me. Um, actually, just to push in on that, I think uh, I think that was an important part in our decision to do what we've been doing as well. Like we, we've we've covered uh, things like Gamescom and E three because they're super important on the show. Oh, definitely. Yeah, we're um, the same. Like you know, it, it, it's it's topical at the time, and a lot of news comes out and stuff like that, and it it's all because it's in one big bunch sort of thing. But again, week by week stuff. Uh, when it comes to news, like you're, you're scraping the barrel at that point. Like you got to come to an entertaining sort of push. Exactly. Yeah. Um, especially as a podcast, like you would know as well. Trying to stand out from the crowd, like there's not a massive crowd per se for Nintendo podcasts as there is in comparison to like you know uh, Sony podcasts, for example. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you've got stuff like Vooks in Australia or, you know, IGN, but, um, again, it, it comes around to the fact that speaking as an individual, we talk about our own experiences and stuff like that and try to, try to keep it, try to keep it as funny as we can in our own stupid way. You know, make, make it personal, not just, not just another commenting on the news type of thing. Exactly, guys. And I, and I mean, personally, I listen to your podcast and I love it. And and the reason I love it is that every week I know that I'm going to tune in and I'm going to get a couple of guys that I can relate to and their opinion on everything that's going on. And I find it funny and I find it entertaining. And, and that's what I'm there for. That's why I listen to podcasts. Now, the hard part is, like you're saying, getting people to get in and listen in the first place. Because once people sit down and they start listening and, and enjoying what you have to say they'll kind of come back for more because they, they will enjoy it and they'll think, you know, this is this fun. I like listening to these guys every week and, and you know, why not while I'm in the car have this playing in the background so that it's almost like you're catching up with a couple of friends. Um, and I think that's like, the like I said, the hard part is getting people to listen in the first place but once they're there, they're going to be listening with a couple of friends like you guys um, and yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really important to us in that aspect that we get noticed as people. Not as not as just people behind the mic that are reporting the news. Exactly, and there, I mean, there's a lot of other other podcasts out there that I I've listened to in the past, and I've kind of and Nintendo ones in particular that I've kind of gone. It it almost feels like you guys are just reporting on the news. You're not having a discussion about it, and and I like if I wanted to find the news, I could just go onto a site and read that. Um, but what I really enjoy is having having a listen to it and listening to opinions on the news because that's what differentiates it from everyone else. Well, yeah, absolutely. You get a different viewpoint, and then you can think on it. And you can sort of, especially especially people that are willing to listen to retorts in comments and stuff like that as well. That helps exactly. We don't we we don't get a lot of that, but we get a lot of feedback about the show every time we post it up for public viewing, and that's great because uh, I like to know whether we need to make improvements to the show or, you know, j- just in general, what what people think of what we've said about x comment on the show <laughs> yeah. yeah that's um, definitely really important because a lot of people don't realize that you know if no one speaks up and tells us that you know 
they did enjoy something or even if they didn't enjoy something we're not going to know and so we're just going to continue on the way we do um and so if you want to hear more of something you know write into guys like you two and let us know if you want to hear more because it's it means so much to us and it helps us kind of continue with content that you enjoy absolutely you've put it absolutely stellar yeah that's exactly what uh, i think week by week <laughs> how, how do you go about uh taking uh, constructive criticism and uh stuff like that and applying it to the show um honestly we we don't really get that much feedback i would love to say that we you know we get feedback all the time and i take the criticism and 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 run with it and go with it um but honestly it's really hard um and i'm sure you guys know this to put yourself out there and have anyone that wants to kind of react and talk back with you guys and and some because a lot of the time and i i, I kind of fall into this category myself sometimes and i feel bad because of it but a lot of the time people just fall into the category where they just like to sit back and listen they don't want to interact with everything and 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 one day they might come out of their shell and decide to and so i encourage anyone listening now you know come out of your shell and and react to these guys and let them know what you think because as we keep saying it means so much to us um, but as for my show in particular um there has been a couple of times that people have said, you know, um, I found this part a little bit slow to listen to. And so um, we've taken what, a few things out. Like in particular, our, our show length, we used to run, you know, almost two hours or over two hours. And um, we, me and Nat really enjoyed that. Uh, but it, some people that listened to our show didn't. And, and maybe it was just a particular audience that we were targeting didn't didn't enjoy that. And so we've kind of tried to cut back our shows a little bit um now we it means that we're putting shows out more often so we're you know sometimes we try to get two up a week it's normally at least one um but our show length has been kind of cut back to about 40 to 45 minutes uh, on average we and we certainly don't set a time limit on ourselves it's, as long as we feel like talking we're gonna sit we're gonna sit there and talk um but we've kind of reined it back in and and gone down just to one subject to say all right let's just talk about one or two things for this episode and that'll help us focus down and and keep people interested in what we're talking about mm. yeah I've, I've noticed that your episodes have gone from about you know the hour mark to about i think that was the last one about 35 minutes or yeah something? the last one was actually quite short we kind of pumped through the the last one that we did so as i said like sometimes we go in there and we we, we decide on what we're going to talk about before we go into the room obviously um but sometimes we sit down and we talk about it for 30 minutes and decide, well, we both have nothing more to say. Let's not drag it out. And then sometimes we'll sit there and we'll talk for an hour and just go, I could keep talking. Let's go for an hour and 20. Um, but yeah, on average, you can you can kind of expect it to be around the 45-minute mark. Yeah. Well, it, it is nice to have like variety in like your podcast because I, I, I know for a fact like kind of funny and IGN podcasts tend to be about an hour. And that seems to be the the, the, um, the sweet zone, I think. Yeah. But then there's um, other podcasts like Giant Bomb. They go for about anywhere from two hours to three hours. <laughs> and and, and this, but the thing is, this is, there's no wrong way of doing it because, like, I personally, I've listened to both of them, and I and I still do listen to both of them on the occasion. Um, and a lot of the times at the end of a, an IGN podcast, I'll be like, oh, God, I just wish I could listen to that a little bit longer. It feels like it's ended so quickly. Mm. Um, yeah. And then sometimes I'll, you know, I'll sit down and listen to a giant bomb episode and, and I'll go through the th- full three hours and be like, oh, I really enjoyed that full three hours. You know, it, you know, it really depends on how much time they have of the week sometimes. But there's, there's no cookie cutter build to say, you know, this is what length it should be. It's, it's really what the people listening to you want to listen to. Yeah. I tend to cut Giant Bomb into like chunks throughout the week. Listen to it like 
a bit at a time, whereas the other ones I listen to all at once. I'm the same, and I I tend to, depending on the podcast, like Giant Bomb. If I listen to that, I will sit down, and it'll generally be when I'm playing it with a game that I don't really need to pay much attention to so that I can kind of be paying attention to both at the same time whereas like if it's a shorter episode like an hour or so um, generally it gets most of my attention so I would listen to it while I'm driving or something like that so that I'm paying more attention to it I'm definitely still paying attention to the road don't worry about that but (laughs) (laughs) I like it when um, you're listening to a podcast in the car and they're like alright guys send us an email pull over the car um, <laughs> <laughs> totally breaking the third wall it's like okay how do they know I'm in a car stop it <laughs> oh let's do it right now if you're listening to this pull over the car write a review there you go <laughs> <laughs> or even you know what even if you're on the toilet right now I want you to whip your phone out get it out of your pocket and write it in right now yep. take a selfie and send it to us <laughs> so make, make the comment of the selfie the exact time that you've heard this message so we know that you're here again. <laughs> <laughs> now, segueing into something that uh, is on most most Nintendo podcasts, mind I was uh, mind I would assume spaghetti, spaghetti. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we want to know uh, what are your thoughts on the Switch? How is it going for you? <laughs> Do you enjoy it? Do you like to sit on the toilet and play? Okay, uh, so... <laughs> like the ad suggests. I'm, Sorry. <laughs> that's all right. One, I'm definitely enjoying it. Uh, two, it's going great. And three, I'm not actually a toilet player. <laughs> as weird as that sounds, I know the world loves playing on the toilet, um, but I tend to keep my Switch away from the toilet. Um, but I, mm. as a console as a whole, I am loving the console, um, but I may be a little biased. I love Nintendo. And, and personally, like... Loving something doesn't always mean it's a success. So the, the the Wii U, I loved my Wii U, and that was a great console for me, but it definitely wasn't a success. Um, but for for the Switch, it has been a success, and it's I'm the main thing is for me is I never thought that I'd really get that much of a benefit out of it being handheld. I, the the benefit that I get was the same benefit I got from the Wii U. First of all, I was like, you know, I get to walk around my house and you know, sit down in different places and, and play it. And, and that worked well for the Wii U, so I didn't really see much of a difference. And then just recently, I've kind of gone on a couple of holidays and, and been around a bit, and I've actually been able to take my Switch out. And, and the best thing was is that I have this Mario case. It's about the same size as the Switch. Obviously, houses the, the Switch and a bunch of games, I think about 16 games or something in it, and, and the charger cable. And it all fits inside this neat little bundle that's only slightly bigger than the Switch. And you know what? That's all I need when I go out. Um, on holiday or anywhere to take my switch we're like trying to convince um natalie my partner that to take the wii u out of the house and on holiday was a much bigger task (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure (laughs) just the compactness of the console and being able to just chuck it in the friggin' open zipper of a bag and knowing that you can take it out and be playing a game within the next 30 seconds is just such a handy thing and i think that's one of the features is kind of underrated is is how quickly it kind of gets back because you put it into sleep mode these days it just jumps straight back into the action there's there's no downtime between turning on the console waiting for it to boot up flicking through the rest of the me's waiting for them to like come down from the top of the screen and then like finally getting into a game it's kind of just booted up click on the game that's like still running because you want it to be and you're straight back into it there's just there's no waiting you can and it's like back in the day where you yeah 
can only save at certain spots so it's like mom i'm gonna be late you know just wait 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 i gotta find, i gotta get to a save point it's, there's none of that these days it's just hit the button on the top of the switch and you're and you're off it's funny because i do that with every other game console <laughs> <laughs> my partner walks into the room she's like come on we're gonna go i'm like i'm not at a save and i'm like <laughs> on my ps4 i'm like eh, if this is the switch i'd just be able to hit a button yeah <laughs> that benefited me so much in zelda just being able to go up oh, Gonna go on an adventure. You literally just pick it up. You're already there. Boom, yep. straight into it. Off Absolutely. for me is like just you know when you know those sneaky moments when you're waiting for your partner to get ready and it's like you know you don't have time to play a game. But with a switch, you kind of do. So there's like there's no more excuses saying you know you don't have time to play a game while you wait for me to get ready. It's like all right, no, I'm gonna get it out right now. And as soon as you're ready, I'm just gonna hit this power button and I'm gonna walk right out that door. You do, you're not gonna be waiting for me. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. If your partner's like, if your partner's like mine. You got plenty of time. <laughs> uh, actually, one of the features I really underestimated before launch was like the ability to be able to play two-player wherever you go. I never really thought about it that much before the Switch came out, but being able to play Mario Kart and Super Clips and uh, even one to switch uh, like wherever you want is uh, really um, useful, I feel, because there's been times where we're out and about and I'm like, well hand someone a Joy-Con and a lot of the times are like you know what's this it's a little controller want to play a game and even like 1-2 Switch out and about was like lots of fun oh yeah me, I'm the same like as I keep saying we went on holiday um, recently and we all just we had two Switches actually um, and we just kind of both set up a Switch both took off the Joy-Cons and there was four of us there and we all got to sit down and play a four player game of Mario Kart now the, the compactness of what we had for two switches and be able to sit down and play four players no nothing else can kind of offer that experience and even though like the mo- they're not the most comfortable controllers a joy-con it still didn't matter to me because i was like when well, i'm playing mario kart and i'm on holiday so you know what bugger yourself <laughs> <laughs> yeah look they're, they're good enough they do the job when you're away from the house they definitely do if if you're that offended that they're too small just you know Spent a hundred bucks and get a pro controller. <laughs> oh, I know I did, and I haven't regretted that one little bit. I love that pro controller; they're they're actually really comfortable. It is great, yeah. Um, the only issue I have with it is a uh, doesn't have a um, headphone jack, so you can't just plug in your headset and go from there. You got to use that mobile phone app. Oh, and if they could um, <laughs> whole, improve that mobile phone app a little bit more, then then we'd all be happy as well, you know. <laughs> mm, a lot of the time, I come home and my phone's like on ten percent as well. It's and draining the battery. I'm, I'm one of the, yeah, and I'm one of the cool people with an iPhone Seven <laughs> who's, who doesn't have the headphone jack. So I've got I've got to like decide whether I want to listen or charge. Oh no, that's <laughs> stupid. I mean that's that's a it's a great feature. It's a great feature by Apple. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> revolutionary. Yeah, it's revolutionary. It's great. <laughs> if they keep doing it to Apple products, I'll never buy an Apple product ever again. Oh, yeah, I hope it goes away. I've I've got an older iPhone, like 5S or something like that, but I hope it doesn't come out with a newer model. It'll continue on. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't want to stay on the Apple topic too long, but to be honest, I've, I've never noticed it. I've never missed it because it has a good battery life. But as soon as the um, Nintendo app came out, that's when I noticed it. That's when I missed it. I'm like, hmm whoops yeah. yeah definitely <laughs> yeah well well they could just remove it all together and you know just put it all on the console oh god forbid <laughs> so i think i've a bit of a question for you guys here um oh yeah go for it so let's exclude zelda and say what is your favorite game out on the switch so far hmm. 
I'm probably going to go with Splatoon. I'm not going to lie. Good choice. Good choice. Um, but mainly because most of the other games that I've that I've got on my Switch are also games that I've played before. Uh, okay. So I've I've got like, you know, I, I've got I've got the new stuff like, um, Splatoon. I've got Has Been Heroes. Mm-hmm. You know, act act. But um, <laughs> Splatoon <laughs> Splatoon is something I did not get enough time with on the Wii U because my gamepad uh bit the dust per se. Oh, it didn't, did it? Uh, the control stick broke and they're really annoying to replace and really expensive to replace. So, mm. you know, and, and, and the availability of trying to buy a new gamepad, it, it, it's it's not not a thing unless I suppose you go to a factory and you're like, I need a new gamepad. And they're like, here, take one out of their garbage bin and throw it at you and say $99 out of their yeah. garbage bin. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But um, so I didn't get enough time with Splatoon One, uh, enough time that I wanted, I would say. So I decided, well, okay, I will just wait until the sequel comes out. And the sequel came out on the Switch, and I just, yeah, I love it. I spent a lot of time on Splatoon. Uh, my partner doesn't really get into much video games. She likes video games, but she's like attributed to one genre, <laughs> which is uh, like the DMC type. Uh, hack and slash. Oh, okay. So she started She's for really like any type of Hyrule Warrior games or um, what's? Uh, oh yeah, Muso games. games. That's like what I'm looking for. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She loves them. Um, but like, unless unless they're thematic to something she likes, like I don't know, Lord of the Rings or something, she practically just sticks with that. Now you're talking my partner's language, Lord of the Rings. She loves that, and she would love that type, <laughs> that type of game. Yep, big time. Um, <laughs> And just for her, for her, it was like, I said to her, I'm like, oh, you should try Splatoon when the Splatfest was on, uh, the Splatfest, the, uh, test fire rather, uh, the first one that happened near the start of the year. And I was like, you should try it out. And she did. And she was like, wow, this is really fun. And then I picked up, I'd picked up Splatoon and she's paid, played maybe about, uh, probably about 60% of the time that I've played on it, which is a fair bit for her. That is a fair bit, yeah. <laughs> By the sounds of it, you've been putting a fair bit into it, so... Oh, yeah, yeah. I've 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 put my time in. I've taken a break for a couple of weeks because there was there was a point there where I just played nothing but Splatoon 2 for two weeks flat. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to stop for a little bit, but yeah. Um, it, it was interesting to see that I could get my partner interested in it and, you know, she was always looking for advice or what setup should I run for this or you know sort of thing it was, it was good it was good it was a good way for uh, me and my partner to have another connection with a game that's not uh, I don't know War in the North or, <laughs> <laughs> or or Dynasty Warriors 8 or something you know yeah for sure <clears throat> and what about you Drew what, is, what game excluding Zelda is probably your favourite out so far for the Switch uh I've been thinking between Mario Kart 8 mm-hmm. and Splatoon. Um, I'm just going to say Splatoon as well for the sake that Mario Kart 8 was on Wii U. Yeah, yeah. I'm, and you guys aren't alone. I'm Splatoon as well, honestly. If I had to exclude Zelda out of there, I've just, I'm constantly trying to get into other games and like I'm fighting against my <laughs> urges to play more Splatoon and nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was playing the other day for the Splatfest, and I was playing that, and I was also um, streaming, or not streaming, I was watching someone on Twitch play the um, 
uh, Call of Duty um, World War Two beta, mm-hmm. and I was I was I was playing Splatoon, having a good time, and I was watching uh, the, the Call of Duty, and I don't know, it lo- it looks so boring. <laughs> I don't know the World War Two beta. Yeah, I mean, I okay, so I'm one of those I'm one of those cheap bastards. This this is slightly off topic. I'm one of those cheap bastards that went and bought a uh, a beta key. Instead of pre-ordering the game. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> How much was the beta key? $5. Okay. So I bought a beta key so I could try it. And like, it's 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 not that bad, but at the same time, it's like, Call of Duty's never going to change, so... <laughs> no, I, w- I wasn't saying it looked bad, I'm just saying it looked boring. Compa- yeah. you know, it's the you know, same old Call of Duty. Well, yeah, I mean, th- that's, that's coming back around to Splatoon, so I'll let you continue, because Splatoon is fun. It looks fun to play. Yeah, I just jump into it all the time. I... R- Still don't know. I'm better, but you know I'm still not professional. Have you have you tried <laughs> the roller? Because that like my partner, she really struggled to get into anything, and she hates like she she not hates, but she's kind of um, <laughs> kind of against playing first person shooter games or anything like that. She just can't pick up the the twin stick controls or anything like that. But Splatoon, she loves playing, and I think what really kind of got her into it was the roller because like, it just wasn't a gun. She could just slap a roller down on the ground and run around. My partner and your partner sound very, very similar. <laughs> <laughs> I always used to use the roller, but um, I actually found that I really enjoy the uh, oh, what's it called? The um, Nintendo Zapper gun. Oh yeah, the N Zap. The N Zap. Yeah. I really like the N Zap. And once I started using that and motion controls, I be- I become pretty like not good but better. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after that discussion with. Uh, SpongeBev and Matty Kuma, I suppose. Yeah, because yeah, we we had those guys on. They're like, you should use motion controls, and I was like, oh, I don't know, don't really like them. But now I can't, I can't play games without the motion controls. And I was actually playing Uncharted the other day, and I'm like bending the PS4 controller. I'm like, whoops, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> what's happened to me? It's between, it's broken me. <laughs> but apart from that, I've been, in, I've really liked Arms as well. You put a um, fair bit of time into arms before it come out. Well, not before it come out, but before Splatoon come out. And uh, yeah, I'm, you know, arms ha- arms has a lot of potential, but needs more updates. That's I think that's the conclusion I come to. Hmm. I mean, I, I mainly enjoy just the one on one fights. That's what I enjoy the most in it. Yeah, of course. Like yeah. the volleyball, the basketball, um, that target smash games. Yeah, <laughs> terrible. Do, bugger off. Yeah. Do you do you play with motion controls, or do you just play like with the controller like most pros do? I use that with the pro controller. Oh yeah. yeah. See, that's the way to do it. Now, I, I when I first started playing arms, I just played with motion controls, and then I just kept playing and kept playing with motion controls, and I still do. I, I'm I'm an idiot. I still do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I have this real problem now. That I've tried to go to the pro controller, but I've played that much with the motion controls, and, and uh, I just can't get used to it. And I, I suck. I now suck with the pro controllers, and I can't keep up with everyone else because I'm using motion controls. So I'm just no. It turns out I'm just no good at arms. See, my hope, my hope for arms was that I was really hoping that I'd get the Wii boxing vibe out of the motion controls. Yeah, because I loved Wii sports boxing so much. <laughs> I th- I think I think my rating was I, th- I think it capped at four thousand and I was capped at four thousand on Wii Sports Boxing. <laughs> I loved it that much. I'm like I love this simplistic game and I'm like twelve at this point, so whatever. Yeah. But um, I don't really get that vibe from Arms. I do feel like there's a lot of uh, a lot of integrity and passion and stuff like that to 
to drive the game and make you feel like you're playing something very unique. Um, mm. But especially with Splatoon on the same line of competitiveness of like, you need to know these kinds of things to be successful. Um, and you need to practice and you need to practice. I feel like I want to put this time more into Splatoon because Splatoon is more solidified as an actual game. Um, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Well, there's just more to do. There's you know stuff to level up. There's gear to acquire. There's gear to like level up. There's abilities I mean, to put on. I mean, there's that in arms, but like again, I I think because a lot of a lot of Splatoon 2's assets have come from Splatoon. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of them are already pre-balanced. You know, you already know what you're looking at, sort of thing. But then you get again, you have the you had the highest win percentage rankings come out. Uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago for arms characters, and I think it was like Twin Tail, Ribbon Girl, and Min Min. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it it says something. Uh, Twin Tail and uh, Ribbon Girl were the two highest, and it says something about them because they have so much aerial control. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that exactly, makes sense. Yeah. They have a real, a real serious, serious uh, case of air control that m- can really turn the game around. Like with Twintel, you can freeze in midair and then you can dodge a punch at the last second and throw one back. And that's really strong if you know what you're doing. Ribbon Girl can stay in the air for ages, you know. Yeah, my... um. I I I think maybe I was playing with the wrong character as well. I mean, I was playing with Master Mummy, and um, it turns out he he might actually be one of the worst to play with, unless like maybe there's there's good pe- people are really good at him. But uh, he's he's so easy to throw. As you guys were saying the other week, he's so easy to throw. Like you just you try heal and then someone throws you, or like you try to throw a punch and your punch is so slow that someone dodges you and then throws you. It's like oh, I just can't win. Yep. Yep. It's an unfortunate. It's an unfortunate fate for Master Mummy because I always thought he was going to be very strong with his healing, but nope, no, that wasn't the case at all. It does hurt being hit by him, though. Yeah, oh, I I mean, yeah. His throws do two hundred damage just right off the spot. Like, oh. oh yeah, they do massive damage. But like, especially especially if you're playing again, someone like Min Min, who you know him throwing his slow punches. Um you dodging in midair as Min Min deflects those attacks and disables the arms for a te- for like for a small temporary amount of time so like you know it's it's one of those characters that sort of suffers from the fate of dodging yeah I'm, which the thing is sorry, oh, the thing is I feel like there'd be people who were probably really good at him like maybe there's people who are really good at like reading other people's attacks and I feel like if you could read other people's attacks really well maybe you might have stand more of a chance with Master Mummy but not being able to read other people's dodges and attacks to, to throw your punches at just the right times I feel you're just at the mercy of dodges at that stage yeah absolutely actually one character I'm really surprised I didn't see on that tier list was uh, Ninjara yeah, he seems to be a favourite, doesn't he? Yeah, I would have Ninjara thought he'd be up is, there. Yeah, his his smoke cloud crap is really annoying. I'm not gonna lie, it's really annoying. And uh, seeing seeing the old occasional kid cobra that knows how to play kid cobra is also really nuts. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Um, seeing the old kid that can play kid cobra. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I rolled that one right off. <laughs> I, I mean, I just I just sort of stick with with the. Twin Tell or Min Min, I play Twin Tell probably better, but like 
again it it says it all really depending on how much control you have uh not only over the land but over midair it makes it makes a massive difference in arms and i feel like that's a balancing issue more than it is anything because i think as long as you've got aerial control in arms and you know how to use it correctly uh you can beat any character because your dodge potential your dodge range is so much better than any other character mm. yeah exactly it's, um it's an issue for me uh so i'm kind of just like well in splatoon i think it's kind of people are just kind of like well tri slosh is really op um like the tri paint pla- uh, paint blo- uh paint bucket jesus <laughs> paint bucket thank you <laughs> it, it's really op and that's because of the kit it's got you know it's got burst bombs and it's got ink armor as it's special and ink armor affects everyone um and yeah i've been using that it's awesome <laughs> it, it is it is really it is really strong yeah. But again, that's something that they have to look at and balancing. But that's only one thing. That's like not a, a big tier set of multiple characters that you have to work around to not only please fans of that character um, and not piss them off at the same time, which is a really fine line Yeah, yeah. when you're talking <laughs> about a character and not just a weapon in a game yeah exactly yeah, you've seen the you've seen the comments when a, a League of Legends 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 <laughs> League of Legends, Legends. 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 Uh, we're sticking with the arms theme here are we League of Legends arms <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> that, that. <laughs> brilliant god damn I hope that's the sequel <laughs> Legends one day these characters put on some stretchy Legends and it was on <laughs> 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 I just imagine like all of the source filmmaker parodies of that of people like floating around in midair like on the same level at all times and their legs just going <laughs> what's, what's that game it's like sausage party when you're just like flapping about as like a little animal and you've got to knock each got to knock each other off the um course oh. it's a it's it's a switch game coming this year uh, it could be like I don't know I don't know but if, if it's a really cool sausage party I, I want to know more about this game I haven't seen it <laughs> hey guys unfortunately this episode's been cut short due to some audio problems uh, for some reason the audio just went all crackly and you could barely understand Bryce and I so we're just going to end the show here we talked a lot about Mario Plus, Rabbids, Arms, Splatoon, Amiibo Addiction. We had a great time with Eric. Unfortunately, no, it, it really pains me that uh, this happened, but I don't know. I have no idea why it's done it. <laughs> no idea. But we'll get into uh, the plugs. So you can find Eric at Nintendo by Numbers, and um, I'm, I'm sure you'll be able to hear it better from him. So the easiest place to find us is just go to nintendobynumbers.com. We have the web, like that's on that website, we just have all our podcasts, reviews, anything else you want to find. Um, obviously, you can find the podcast on iTunes and, and other places and follow us on Facebook and things like that if you want to. But mostly just hit up that website and you'll find all the links you need from there. And please go and support uh, Eric and Nat over at Nintendo by Numbers. They're doing an awesome job with their podcast and I love seeing people go out and, you know, just go and do it. Lots of people want to do podcasts, but just sit around and not do it. So it's awesome seeing people do quality podcasts, especially Nintendo ones, because I'm a big fan of Nintendo. <laughs> um, 
All right, so you can find the House of Mario on Twitter at the House of Mario. You can find myself at iDruby, and you can find Bryce at Bryce DeWitt. Both Bryce and I do uh, Twitch streams. You can find me on Twitch at iDruby, and you can find Bryce at IVRevan. And uh, if you want to have a chat, want to have a talk with uh, Bryce and I and other Nintendo fans, feel free to join our Discord. There's a link in the uh, show notes there, right here on iTunes and SoundCloud. And uh, please... If you want to show some support, it's easy to leave a review, a rating on iTunes or SoundCloud. Just uh, it helps the show sort of uh, be shown to other people and hopefully grow. Um, yeah, that's about it, I reckon. Awesome. Okay, Nintendo Jukebox this week is Timeless Journey by Sam Dillard. It's an overclocked remix of the Legend of Zelda theme from A Link to the Past, which I'm sure you're all familiar with. It goes for about six minutes. It's pretty long. But uh, it should be uh, should be good to accompany accompany you while you're going for a drive or going for a run, whatever you do when you listen to the podcast. Oh well, guys. <laughs> All right, guys. See you next week. And uh, thanks for understanding. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>